0: In modern medical practice, rules and protocols seem to dominate many interactions with patients. Although the act of caring is what drove many physicians to go into medicine, standardization of care has made it more and more difficult to find opportunities to truly connect with patients. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Jeffrey Drazen, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and Lisa Rosenbaum, a national correspondent for the Journal. Dr. Rosenbaum has written a perspective article about engaging in meaningful work as a physician, and the art of caring. Dr. Drazen and Dr. Rosenbaum, like all physicians, you both have experiences on the other side of the exam table as patients, as family members of patients, and interacting with physicians from those positions gives you new insights into certain aspects of modern medical practice. What has struck you as disappointing or unfortunate in the care that you or your relatives have received that you might not have noticed from a doctor's perspective?
1: So specifically, I wrote in this perspective about having two broken feet actually And I have to say, even though there were aspects of my care that were disappointing or that made me think about, you know, where we are falling short as a system, I also realized that, first of all, I go into it extremely lucky in terms of being able to access care and readily access doctors. And also that having broken feet is sort of minimal compared to what a lot of people have to go through. That said, I think that I'm always struck as a patient by how hard it is to forge a meaningful connection with a physician in a short time. When they have so many tasks that they have to fulfill and so many people waiting for them, and are being pulled in so many different directions. And so I certainly felt at each juncture, first when I went to the ED and then when I saw an orthopedist, that I was being put on this protocol where there was a set of guidelines and some data that were being followed. And once they had checked the box about where I should fall on the protocol, that was it. And after that, when you leave those interactions, you realize you have so many questions and you sort of feel like you're floundering. And it's easy for me to see, given I had this small problem with very well-connected in the medical world that it must be so much harder for people who have much bigger problems who are not connected.
2: I think it's important to recall that the protocols and checklists are great things because it's so easy to forget something that really could make a difference in the long run. But the secret is how you deliver that while at the same time make a connection with the patient. Even in a short interaction, if you can somehow establish Poor with the patient, if the physician tries to understand you as a person more than as a disease, I think it comes across my brother was sick and dying of cancer last year, mm-hmm. and he is a rabbi, uh, but the hospitalist who was following the protocols established a connection with him by virtue of the nature of religion, and my brother looked forward to meeting this man every day because he felt a personal connection so How do we establish a connection with each of the people whose care has been entrusted to us? That they know we not only care about them as a case of a Jones fracture, but as a person with a Jones fracture.
0: When you think about this problem, do you have a sense of what causes it? Is it an effect of the system? Is it the result of gaps in education, individual character flaws? What's at the bottom of it?
2: I think the biggest problem is time. If a diagnosis has been made, and you have a prescribed protocol to follow at that point, and you have six other patients to see, you have to say, is it worth even trying to connect? We know it's wrong. We know it needs to be done. This person's medical issues will be taken care of. I'm going to move on to the next problem. And that's because we're all so stressed for time that we can't open up ourselves to even look for that little wedge that'll drive us into the patient's shell and make us more of a doctor than a medical care technician.
1: I agree with that. I think that's factor number one, two, and three. And then I think one thing that I was trying to get at in the perspective or at least begin to think about is this idea of creativity and where the role of creativity in the profession and what I was so struck by when I read. Jones's initial report about his fracture and then the other patients he saw was how he captured these people's stories so concisely. You didn't get a sense that this was because he spent hours with each person. But the mechanism of injury was so inherent to the diagnosis and you could just tell that he cared and that he was sort of discovering as he was caring. And now we're at a time where we sit atop. All of this amazing evidence and knowledge that we are tasked to deliver in a regimented way. And so the act of discovery is often gone from our interactions. And I think having the opportunity to feel like you're creating, in some ways, brings you closer to the patient and makes you take ownership in this way that a lot of us don't do, I think, when we feel like we're just following these checklists.
0: You've both begun to answer this question, but what has impressed you or moved you about physicians who've cared for you or your relatives in recent years? What is doing a good job look like?
2: I think it goes back to Francis Weld Peabody. It's the art of patient care is caring about the patient. And it's just that little extra bit that you care about the patient as a person, not just as a disease.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's so obvious when it's done right. And whenever it's done right, I want to write it all down. And I had a physician, for instance, who walked in the room, he didn't look at the computer, he looked at me, he spent 15 minutes taking a history, he walked out, he let me change my clothes, he came back in, he examined me, and then he left again and sat back down and then just looked at me and talked to me. And that type of interaction is so rare, and we all blame the EHR for everything, but there's just something to be said for having it completely out of the interaction. And I'll never forget when he asked me, when he was taking my history, I said to him, I'm so sorry, I'm rambling. And he said, no, I have all the time in the world. And I was just so moved by that because that capacity to make someone feel like they're the only person there and that you have nothing else to do is obviously unusual. And I'm sure he was lying, but I mean, it was so effective and it made me feel so cared for.
0: When you return to practice after you've been a patient or you've been a patient advocate, do you find your own behavior is changing or your attitude is changing?
1: For me, I mean, I like to think that yes, because it makes me feel like the work I do outside of the hospital is worthwhile. But um, yes, I mean, I wrote this piece and then I did three weeks of service in the last month. And I was very cognizant of having been on the other side and also the nature of caring and what it entails and I had also read the piece about knowing the dog's name, which really stuck in my mind and moved a lot of people. And so I tried to structure my days differently. I mean, recognizing that this very almost perfunctory interaction that happens in the morning during rounds, because, you know, you have to see the patient and get things done and move things along is inadequate. And so I tried to sort of have those interactions and then review all the data and then actually try to go back again in the afternoon and see as many people as possible and get to know who they were. And so, for at least temporarily, it it changed how I try to approach the day.
2: It's made a difference to me. I largely see patients with asthma as outpatients, and what I try to find early on is how asthma is affecting their life. What is it that for them is perceived as a barrier? And that's helpful for me both medically so I can make a plan, but also to try to connect with them so that next time I see them, I can ask them how their hockey game is going or whether they're still able to get in their exercise routine. And that's the type of connection that lets the patient know that you remember what their problem caused by the illness is and uh, whether your treatment has helped solve the problem as they see it.
0: So there's one great example. What are some of the other things that the two of you do or try to do to get to know who a patient is? Given you've got limited time that you've talked about, there are long checklists for standardized care. How do you make that connection?
1: So one way I find that's extremely helpful is actually when you come in and all the families there and then you just listen to how everybody interacts because you often learn a lot more about the person and the dynamics than you can actually by asking direct questions. So it's just sort of learning how to be an observer Which is interestingly what you do as a writer often, as you're just observing humans interact and trying to make meaning of it. And then I often then try to return to the patient alone and sort of ask questions about what I observed. Because you also sometimes see diverging desires in terms of what people really want out of their lives, especially at the end of life. I also wish that this were more part of what we do as adult learners, but you know, we have all this CME and things like that where we're learning data always and trying to stay up with the literature, but we never go back and actually shadow colleagues. And so I have colleagues who are just unbelievable doctors. And sometimes when they travel, I cover for them. And I can't tell you how moved I've been in being paged by their patients. And there was one morning, for instance, one of my revered colleagues, he was out of town and I got paged four times by one of his patients as she was taking her husband to the hospital. And each time she'd say, I just want to update, you know, we're an hour outside of Boston or we're we're parking now, you know, et cetera. And then, but each time she'd say, Dr. So-and-so, he would want to know. And she was right. Like he would want to know. And so carrying those experiences, knowing that that's possible. And then for me, when I think about the system, thinking about how we can begin to expose people to that. I think of it still as the old school way of doctoring again, to remind people that it's possible. I think that that would be really constructive for the profession.
0: Finally, a much broader question. What keeps you in touch with the meaning of your work?
2: For me, it's in the inpatient setting, and you have someone with an undiagnosed illness, and you're able to now provide, through testing, clarity to the patient and their family, what lies before them and how you're going to help them navigate what's coming. It's taking something which to the patient had been mysterious, unmystifying it, and then saying, I'm going to be there with you as we move ahead. In the outpatient setting, it's the second time you see the patient. Did you help them? Were there things about their condition that you helped illuminate that's, for them, made them better? It's getting people better that is rewarding in this business. And it can happen on shorter, long time frames. but it's connecting with them as a person so we've made an improvement in their life.
1: For me, it's a little different because I have these different roles. So one is as a writer. And so I think by virtue of being a writer, you have incessant time to reflect upon your work. And so the two work synergistically, I think being a doctor and being a writer, make each other more meaningful. But every time I go back into the hospital after a chunk of writing, I'm thinking about whatever I've been writing and how to bring it back and then vice versa. So that makes, I think, both more meaningful. And the other thing, obviously, is being here at the journal. And so constantly being exposed to the frontier of science, it leaves you with this awe, I think, for medicine. And so I never feel jaded because I don't understand how you can spend a day in the hospital and not have a sense of all the science and work that has gone into making the care we are able to deliver possible. And so I find that inherently meaningful, seeing the science translated into the point of care.
0: Thank you, Dr. Rosenbaum. Dr. Drazen.